you know, we had a friend in Birmingham years ago and he had a really old car, Dan Woosley. Oh yeah. Had a really yeah. old car. And it was one of the coolest things he ever did. His car, I think it turned 30 or something. Mm-hmm. A little, um, I don't remember what kind of car it was. And I can see it in my head. I just can't remember. But, but he decided for his, in the neighborhood, he was going to have a neighborhood birthday party for his car. Um, just because it lived <laughs> that long. And, uh, but it was a great outreach. His goal was to get the neighbors into something fun that he could share the story of God's faithfulness to right, him with right. his old car. <laughs> you know, it's like brilliant. See, it's a perfect missionary moment. He's a it missionary is. to his neighborhood. Yep. Perfect missionary yep. to his neighborhood. Hello, and welcome to Rescuing Churches with Stan and Josh Gibbons. This is the official podcast of 614 Ministries, where we exist to renew vision and restore hope at struggling churches across the country. With over 80% of churches in decline and 1,500 pastors a month battling depression, we strive to equip members and encourage ministers to pursue new directions of stability and growth. Hey guys, this is Josh Givens and Pastor Stan Givens, and this is Rescuing Churches. Welcome to the show. Thanks for listening. Today we're going to be talking about something that I'm sure every small church pastor out there just really wants to have to contemplate, much less put in the time, effort, and energy and work to carry it out, because we know you guys are all dying for something to do, right? That's right. You're bored, just bored out of our minds. You're just not busy enough. You know, we pastors. Only work, we only work one day a week, according to my you just You just have nothing to do. So um, that is this idea of big goals and equipping the saints. And dad, you say that the key role of a pastor is to equip the saints. So yeah, let me, let's let me, just define that. Well, let me just begin by saying the pastor has one hundred other things he's supposed to get done. Well, of course. The church has a thousand things he thinks the pastor's supposed to get done. It's, it's an interesting study sometime. We don't have time for a thousand. That's right. It's it's an interesting study sometime, though. <laughs> when, when a church is run by a small group of men, board members, or um, men and women on a board, if you were if you survey each one of those and ask them what the pastor's role is and what he's supposed to be doing, that list is enormous. Oh, sure. And, it, and it's literally 180 hours a day kind of oh, thing. Yeah. It's like oh, impossible yeah. to get to. So the the issue becomes for us as pastors, we have to really begin to prioritize ourselves and look at the real purpose, you know, of what we do. Am I here to preach Mary and Barry? That's the old school thinking. Sure. Yeah. Preach Mary and Barry? No, actually, the Bible calls me to equip the saints. Right. And equipping the saints. Yeah. What is that? Uh, yeah. Maybe something new to the younger pastors that you hadn't thought through because you're just hoping to get to preach on Sunday. Right. Or right. you're hoping to have a you know a nice following, but. And you may be a senior pastor that's maybe gotten away from that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but equipping the saints is actually, in Ephesians, it's preparing the saints to do the work of the ministry uh, in your place, to actually get them to do ministry through their spiritual gifts, through um, their spiritual growth and their spiritual formation, through their accountability to one another. They are to be working the work of a ministry. 
Every Christian is supposed to be ministering to so, other people. Wow, the church is actually supposed to be the church. That's a radical That's idea. That's amazing, isn't it? Man, yeah. I'm glad somebody finally yeah. illuminated And the it. number one purpose of a good pastor would be to equip the saints. To equip the number one purpose. Really, one of our key roles. And it, it gets shoved to the back all the time. I'm a thousand percent guilty of shoving it to the back all the time. Why? I got to prepare a sermon for Sunday. Mm. Hopefully in my sermon, there's some equipping going on, but it's not like the real deep equipping you're supposed to be doing one-on-one discipleship. Right. Hopefully uh, sometime during the week, I'm going to go visit somebody and I got to go visit somebody in the hospital. I got to go check on somebody. You know, I need to get this group of people together and plan some, the Easter event we're doing or plan some, the next outreach we're doing or something. And all of that there, you can make yourself believe you're doing some equipping, right. but it's not the same, not the same as thing. hardcore, mm. genuine equipping. That's good. That's really good. You have a quote here from uh, John Ortberg, and um, you say that it kind of changed your world when you thought about it. He says, when people come to your church, if they become like the average member, will they help you change the world and reach your vision for the community? Yeah, that 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 quote he gave in 1999, I was at a conference that he was speaking where he was speaking and he gave that quote and it just rang my bell hard. And, and it was, it was the concept of if, if I let new members come to the church and they join and I let them become just like the current members, the members have been here forever. Are we ever going to get anywhere? Um, or should I be equipping those new members at much higher levels of service, function, spiritual growth, passion and zeal? And the truth is, a lot of us in, in churches that are kind of older now, right. we've let ourselves get very lazy uh, in, in the things of ministry. And we've let people attend church for a long time without serving in the community, without reaching the lost and doing the things that matter. And so there's a, there's a problem there. And, you know, Ortberg's quote uh, just really hit home with me, really hit home with it's me. It's good. It's really good. What are some, you mentioned serving in the community and things like that. That, that kind of makes me wonder if you were to sit, to think through this just at a practical level at a, at a church, you know, like, we, you know, we work in church revitalization. And so if we were going into a church that was struggling with something like this, what are some practical things pastors could do to equip saints in everyday life, especially once we get through all this quarantine stuff? I mean, obviously right now there's some things you wouldn't be able to do. But. Yeah, and you could go back to, you can link back to one of our other podcasts on discipleship. Right, right. Because at the core of equipping is discipling. It's where you're going to take a, a young man uh, and you're going to begin to develop in him the skills. He needs skills to be able to read his own word and study the word for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to he needs to be fed, able to feed himself scripturally right. and, and gain application from the scriptures. Um, he needs to be able to have a healthy prayer life. He needs to be able to t- tell his testimony and work through those kind of things. So, so. Part of equipping is literally just the basics of discipleship and, and then teaching a person how to walk through life and look for the things of God happening in life. You know, encounters, uh, at grocery stores and count, um, I, I consistently try to, when I go out and do work for like a single mom at our church, I'll take somebody with me to do that. Mm-hmm. Why do I do that? Um, because I, one, I want help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but mostly what I really want to do is teach them the joy of serving somebody that's a, a person in need right. that, that our church has come across. And so once once they get to serving like that, they're like, wow. And then, of course, the 
the single mom gets to build a relationship there and there's this gratefulness that happens and it just, the person's spiritual growth is moved mm. while, while they're literally learning how to, you know, walk the walk, you're equipping them to do the work of ministry. That's good. And you have a list here of six things that a saint needs. Um, let's just kind of take these one by one real quick and maybe you tell me why they're important and relevant in this whole concept of equipping the first one being the need to be able to find a good food source. Yeah. That's what we were just saying. If a a new believer, even, even a a stubborn old saint, right. (laughs) um, I've run into a bunch of those. They can't feed themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, they, They don't feed, they don't know how to take the word of God and, and learn it for themselves and apply it to themselves and live it. And somebody's not taught them how to, how to have a healthy food source of the scriptures. And, 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 you know, the scriptures is milk for the young and meat for the mature. And I know a ton of people that are still doing milk and they should have been doing meat a long, a long time, time ago. And, uh, so <clears throat> you could, you could say, well, my sermons are, are the meat and the milk. Yeah. Um, but a sermon is usually to a larger group and that is not going to equip well. It may lay a foundation for some later equipping, mm-hmm. um, but your sermons really are not. Your small group would be a way better place for that to happen. Yeah, or some, and, some then, and then some one on one or yeah, two one two two on one three on one kind of discipleship, mm-hmm. um, because people need to be able to distinguish um, how to take. They need to learn how to take care of their own food help, and the internet's full now of, of sermons and stuff. So we've actually, I think we have to be very proactive as pastors. We have to teach our church families where are the good sources on the internet. You know, right. Is this guy, there's this new hot guy that's everybody's watching on the internet or whatever. He's got all these YouTubes going. You know, he's teaching the Bible. Is he a great guy or yeah. is, is he, is he going to take us astray somewhere? Yeah. And uh, sometimes they're great for a while and then they take you astray. Yeah, so you got to, you got to stay true. on top of something. Yeah, that, but you got to be careful. Very, very common. Because we, we as pastors have to help our people know where the, where the bad weeds in the garden are that are going to make the sheep sick. Absolutely. And where the good food is. Um, We got to help them learn how to do that and then learn how to distinguish themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. what's good and bad in some of their teachings. I I had somebody submit to me some teaching a while back, um, you know, that was, was filled with a ton of the prosperity gospel. They liked the teaching and it sounded good. Mm-hmm. And some of what the person was saying was very relevant and good. Right. But the further you track down the line with what he was saying, and every time he got to the point of something, it was always about prosperity gospel. And, you know, you, you can speak to your mailbox and and cancel your bills that are coming to you. No. That must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your mailbox is not responsible for your bills. But he was using verses that you can speak to, like speak to the mountain. Yeah, speak to it'll the be problem. Removed. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was using verses to say, if you speak to your mailbox, the bills will stop. No, the bills will stop when you stop charging stuff on your credit card. <laughs> on your credit card. That's your deal, <laughs> yeah, exactly. not your mailbox's deal. It's not yeah. even the mailman's fault. Yeah. Right? It has it's, nothing to do It's with like it. I said in one of my last black blog posts, you know, God gave us brains. Let's use them. Let's use them. Exactly. <laughs> So you got to learn to distinguish, <laughs> yeah, distinguish that, those things. That kind of segues here into your second one: um, the need to be able to teach the uh, people to feed themselves. And you, you kind of mentioned a minute ago, learning how to read the word for yourself. Bible and, study methods, yeah, discern teach, the teach truth. Teach a good, good method of Bible study 
teach them what a good study Bible is. To, right. You know, if you're a Thompson Chain guy or if you're a, a living, uh, I'll try to remember the other one that I like so much. Um, so many guys use. Life application. Life application. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I've got if you're a life ones. application Bible, that's great. There's a ton of them out there. If you're a John MacArthur fan, get his one. You know, I think I, there's a bunch of guys that have them. So, yep. you know, whatever, whatever. But you, you let them learn how to read the word and discern truth and apply it to themselves. Yeah, and inductive Bible study methods are really good, like yeah, you we, mentioned. And yeah, we, we call it um, unlocking, unlocking treasures. treasures. Mm-hmm. And we've got if you if you need any resources on inductive Bible study methods for your church, just reach out to us, and we'll be happy to provide those. Yeah, we'll actually come to your church and help teach yeah, you for a can. weekend. I we'll, love I love yeah, teaching. We'll plan a trip. Yeah, because Dad loves to do that. Love so. teaching. That's my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorite things to do. Uh, number three, the need to be able to protect themselves, and you have the armor of God. Listed yeah, here. you got to teach your disciples. You got to teach, you equip your ch- church people how to put on the armor. Right. Um, there's an enemy out there, Satan, who wants to destroy, steal, kill, and destroy, and and he's going to do that sometimes even through scriptural, through through spiritual channels, sure. the the false teachers, but sometimes just through things you never saw coming. Yeah. Do you think spiritual warfare is one of those things that's just not taught enough at some level? Probably. Probably so. Pro- yeah. Probably very limited. Yeah. Um, and and the Bible says we're supposed to be wearing our armor yeah. all the time, all the time, and checking on each other's armor. You yeah. know, help me. Um, yeah. I just think it's important that we teach them how to put on the armor of God. And number four, the need to be able to share the gospel. Yeah, that, again, you go back to our discipleship podcast where we talked about, I think you asked me very specifically on that one, about an elevator testimony and how to share at least your testimony. Yep. But then how to present the gospel. What is the gospel uh, in its entirety? And how do you share the gospel? We, we've recently started using the, we call it the three circles here, but it's life on mission. Oh, yeah. A uh, yeah. really good uh, yeah, way to present really the good gospel. Content. Really healthy thing for your your church to know and to be equipped to do the work of ministry. Absolutely, so we'll, we'll make a note about that. Put that. Yeah, in we'll there. drop some links to the three circles in the um, the show notes for you. The need to be actively supporting the unity of the local body. That's number five. Yeah, I think I think uh, as a church, very serious. You should teach your church members the value of the church gathered. And this COVID thing we're going through is probably going to help with some of that. Um, if it doesn't teach us how to not, um, how to stay home and watch church happen. Yeah. Uh, that's a downside of it. But an upside is in my little church, I've got a bunch of our people dying to get back in the building together, hug each other, sit next to each other, check on each other face to face. Eye to eye, and, and try I not think, to sneeze on each other. That's right, and I think that <laughs> I think the unity of the local body. Jesus taught in his high priestly prayer in John seventeen um, that the unity of the body is how we bring glory to God, and so we have to stay together as a body. We have to stay unified. One of the things you equip your church to do is to work through its problems. If I don't like the way a person did something, if I don't like the way they talked about this or said something behind my back, or I don't like how they managed some money the church had for something, we need to work through that. Don't break up over it. Don't run to another church. Just work through it and keep the body unified. And you have to equip the church to do that. Teach them how to do that um, and actively support the church unity. Yeah, absolutely. And then lastly, number six, the need to learn basic disciplines. And you have some examples listed here of those basic disciplines. 
prayer, solitude, daily Bible reading, worship accountability, faithful church attendance, serving, things like that. Yeah, your basic disciplines. You can go to you know Richard Foster's book on the disciplines. I think mm-hmm. uh, Dallas Willard did one on the disciplines. There's a bunch of different books you can look up that. But as a pastor, you should know the basic disciplines, um, the prayer discipline, the 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 discipline of just quiet time, solitude, having solitude with the Lord and using that um, not to sleep, but to actually listen to the voice of God in your life. Teach your people how to do that. Teach them how to have daily Bible readings. Show them what you do for yours. Present. We we have the daily bread here comes ever since I was a little boy at oh, this yeah, church. It's been here for a long yeah, time. It, it, it comes to our door every month. So we yep. just pass the daily breads out and a bunch of people use that. And it's a very quick little daily you know, snack, I call it. Yeah. Um, spiritually, it's <laughs> Spiritual not real snack. deep, but it is a snack. At least they're getting something of the word. And if they do it daily, that's healthy. But you want to teach daily Bible time, you know, mm-hmm. how to, how to mm-hmm. discipline yourselves for that daily Bible reading. For sure. Um, you want to, you want to teach them what it means to actually worship. And worship is not, when we see that word in print a lot of times, we immediately think of the praise band and all that. Worship is an attitude of the heart towards the Lord. That's everything you do. You can worship the oh, Lord yeah. while you're Just washing dishes, with your lifestyle. cutting grass. You yep. can, you, it's it's something you do for the Lord in your heart toward State Him. State of heart, exactly. And, and so I do want my people to have the discipline of of song worship. I do want them to know how to sing a song unto the Lord riding down the road in their car with or without their stereo player. Sure, sure. And I'd love for them to, you know, to walk around whistling worship songs. I'm seeing tons of that on social media right now with this quarantine yeah, everybody's, thing going on. Everybody's doing a little There's bit a of lot, that. There's so, a lot of selfie worshiping going yeah, on. <laughs> so, but, but, and I think that's healthy. Sure, um, sure. But that's, that worship is only one element of what real worship is. So exactly. when you're teaching, when you're, when you're equipping your people, the basic disciplines of worship are that your lifestyle is supposed to be your your life is supposed to be a reasonable sacrifice of worship according to Romans twelve verse two. So that's that's the whole deal, and you got to you got to teach that accountability. You got to take them. You got to take them to where they're accountable to one another, and say, you know, I need you three guys to hold each other accountable to these values mm-hmm. that we've studied together. We've sat through this, you know, six week six month session of studying the scriptures. Uh, about being better dads, being better husbands, you know, being better businessmen. Now let's hold each other accountable to that. Yeah. And, and we're actually going to practice the scriptures about being accountable to those yeah. things. And, and right now is a really good time to do that. I mean, especially in small groups where you can just text each other and, you know, check in on, hey, you know, how how's everything going with what we were studying? Yeah, and then I think you have to teach uh, ba- basic church attendance. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's in our culture anymore. And right. I see younger families, younger generation especially, um, you know. Even before COVID-19. Yes, yes. They were faithful to attend church if they came twice a month. Well, yep. that's not faithful to attend. That's right. just attending. That's just attending. <laughs> and it's really not a good standard to set. No. A good standard is we're supposed to be there every time we can, every time the doors open. And if our work or something interferes with it, we're going to figure out how to catch up on what we missed. If we missed a Wednesday night Bible study, I need somebody to send me the notes on that. Somebody, you know, send me what we did so I I can keep up. That's faithful church attendance. And that's something that's kind of slipped out of our culture. Back to that American culture thing we we were just talking about in in the other podcast. But it's slipped out of our deal. And and it needs to come back to us that that our our people have faithful attendance to church. Mm. Uh, and we count on it. We look forward to it. I can't wait to see you Sunday. Can't wait to see you 
Wednesday. Can't wait to see the Thursday night Bible study or the Tuesday night, whatever we're doing, or Tuesday morning, whatever study we're doing. You know, whatever, whatever your schedule is that your church has set, I can't wait to see you there. Yeah. And you push that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, of course, serving is at the highest level. You got to teach your people how to serve, 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 serve by love. Galatians 5.16 or 5.13, by love, serve one another. Yep. Serve one another. And we're supposed to be doing that very actively. So that's we equip the saints when we begin to apply those principles and teach them how. You got to be doing it yourself, and then you got to teach them how to do it. How does that all kind of fit into this, just wrapping out here, this aspect of growing the church with growth not being, we don't mean numerically, we mean spiritual growth, yeah, that, spiritual health of the church. You have here that if you're, if your goal as a small church pastor is to grow your church, spiritual growth, right? equipping the saints is the route to go. Yeah. And, and it's the hard way to it's do it. It's the hard it. way to it's, go. Yeah. We're, we're going back to hard and easy. This is the hard way to do it, but we need to work as ministers to raise up people who minister and are like missionaries to the community. I really believe we're That's supposed good. to bring the church families into a level of thinking they're missionaries to your community. Yeah. And every church family is a missionary. Now, at, at missions, at our missions meetings and, and in our missions conferences, we have missionaries come and give reports to us. Yeah. What'd you do this month? What'd you do this year? How's your thing going? You know, how, how are you doing with your church planning you did? Or how are you doing with the, the, the outreach you have or the orphanage you're running? We want to report on that. I think at some level as a church, we should look at families that have been in our church for five years. Yeah. Especially if they've been there five years. Oh, yeah. Really five months. But five <laughs> years. You should be able to get them on stage and go, Hey, tell us how, tell us how you're doing in your, how's your mission going? Yeah. The mission you have to serve this local church in your neighborhood, how's it going? Yeah. Show us pictures. How are things with your Just neighbor? like a missionary. Yeah. Show us pictures. Show us show us what you're up to. Tell us the plan you have, the strategy you have for your neighborhood. Tell us about your backyard barbecue. Um, as pastors, we're going to have weak saints and... We're going to have brand new saints. And then my favorite, we're going to have stubborn and rebellious saints. Oh, yeah. Those and are the best. <laughs> all of those require equipping different ways at different times. You got to equip them, but all of those require us to equip them. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, I want to encourage the pastors and, and the ministers at churches, lay leaders, make yourself equippers. Just, just figure out a way to put that at the better, at a better priority for yourself if you, if you need to move it to the top again. And, uh, and ask yourself during the week, who have I equipped this week? Yeah. Get out there. Who did I, who did I move a little closer to, to an effective, who did I make a better missionary for my church today? You know, who did I make a better minister by spending time with them or getting them involved in something I'm doing kind of deal? Definitely. So definitely that's really good, really solid stuff. And we hope that all of the pastors that are listening to this will really take that to heart and be in encouraged and inspired by this idea of equipping and and this content and this dialogue. All right. Well, dad, thanks for all that. And as always, we thank all of you for listening to this episode of rescuing churches. And we appreciate any thoughts or feedback you might have about the show. You can reach out to us on social media, on our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, we're at 614 rebuild. You can also leave us a voicemail at 601-909-0614. We will listen to all of our messages We might even include yours in an upcoming episode. 